I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Thursday. The great salary cap crunch has continued and really started in the NFL. The Kansas City Chiefs cut both tackles. Saints cut a starting cornerback. There's nothing that will affect next NFL season more than the salary cap situation. We'll break it down. First time NCAA tournament since 1976. Neither Duke nor Kentucky will make the tournament. Amazing, but true. Also, earlier today, Madison Square Garden, Georgetown upset Villanova. We're going to look at the biggest games of tonight and tell you the best way to bet them. Here comes a four-hour of the Vegas truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. What a big day. What a day today. I'm R.J. here live in Las Vegas, live on a Thursday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. Why such a big day? Because if you look at the NFL news, we're seeing the beginnings the beginnings of what will be the biggest story in the NFL this entire season, which is the reduced salary cap, what it means to specific teams, and how we can get ahead of the curve on the teams that should benefit from this and the teams that will suffer for this. That's the key. Some teams, most teams are going to suffer. Some will benefit. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans to know more than their buddies. I'm the pro. He's the Joe in L.A., Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which one team finds out their fate in the NCAA tournament, we've also got major transactions taking place around the NFL. What is the Vegas lead here on this Thursday? Yeah, that Duke, uh, Kentucky, we're going to get to that later. But what a story. Neither of them going to be in the tournament. But I believe... As we talked about just the beginnings of the NFL, but specifically, let's start with the Kansas City Chiefs, a team that had both tackles out for the Super Bowl to the it hurt them to the point that it wasn't even a competitive game. Both of those tackles cut cut from the team today. Yeah, a little over a year removed from a Super Bowl win, and the Kansas City Chiefs find themselves without both tackles from that Super Bowl team. Former number one overall pick Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz, both gone from Kansas City, the latest in what should be a long list of cab casualties. Okay, so some people may say these aren't really all that great linemen anyway, so no big deal. And I think with Eric Fisher specifically, his reputation, him being a former number one pick, uh, literally number one overall, he was, at least from the public's perspective, overrated. His pro football focus grade was an 80 in 2020, which is good, but not great. And off a Achilles tear 
at age 30, you know, who knows what would have been or what will be next year's reality for Eric Fisher. Now, Schwartz, the right tackle, 31 years old, his PFF grade 75. To me, that one was a little more surprising just because, though this year Schwartz had injury lingering throughout the entire year with his back specifically, he had gone effectively his entire career through 2019 without missing a snap, Jonas. He had 7,894 consecutive offensive snaps, and that ended midseason 2019. So here's a guy that was an Iron Man, like is shockingly durable. Some issues, he's gone. And I think that this says more about how every team except a handful are going to be scrambling to keep their team together. And the catch-22 is the better the teams are, the more disrupting the team hurts. So think about Kansas City and the narrative entering last season after the Super Bowl. It was, hey, they've got everyone back, and they improved themselves at running back. Okay, that was a very valid narrative. But – Imagine a team like the Detroit Lions, like a bad team. If they lose half their team, maybe it's a good thing, right? Kansas City losing a chunk of their team is going to be a bad thing. So my first real big takeaway here, other than this is going to be huge and a huge effect, is the fact that the better teams are probably going to suffer more because they got more to lose. Does that, does that resonate with you? Yeah, and I think the teams that have locked up players before this offseason to long-term deals are now going to have to start making really tough decisions on other players on the roster, or even those players that they may have just signed to deals not that long ago. Because, and I think you make a great point, those deals were made under the assumptions yep. of the salary cap increasing, million dollars like like an army marching chung chung and and it's another you know and that's why it it harkens back to the DAC deal how shocking the numbers were because again entering last season the estimate for 2021's cap would have been about 211 million dollars per team and now it's been set at 182 Five, so 182 ta- or million, uh, and a little bit, uh, and, and a little bit less, you know, or a little bit more, you know, the extra 500,000. And to me, that difference is literally, I mean, think about it it's uh, 18, you know, 20, almost 30 million dollars. That is effectively. A starting, you know, an elite that's more expensive than Tom Brady, right? Tom Brady's 25 million. Yeah. Maybe that's the thing to think about. Brady, as a comparison, it's like saying you thought you could pay Brady, now you can't. Now what? And it, and it's not just you're going to eliminate some 15 or two 15 million dollar players because who are you going to replace them with, right? So, I mean, it's like someone's got to play those positions. So, to me, it, it, really goes back again to Dallas and how the DAC deal is bad for them midterm, but this year it saved them $15 million, the DAC signing, as opposed to him getting tagged. And I think that was the key to all of it. 
Jerry Jones just didn't have the option to tag again because that without that 15 million, the team would have been gutted. And to me, man, Dallas is not going to be the only one. And and the handful of teams that do have cap space may be something we should look at betting wise because when you do bet early, future bets, division odds, etc., you're handicapping all the factors, right? It's going to be the draft. You're going to handicap free agency. And usually it's hard to know, right? But this year, the teams like in New England, Jacksonville, that have so much money, it's not only they're not going to have to cut, they're going to be able to do bargain basement shopping. This is like the day after Christmas, and they're, they got a pocket full of money and everyone else is broke. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up. That was going to be my next point. Is and, and just in looking at the teams that have the most salary cap space, what are those – who's got the best Super Bowl odds? Because maybe there is something to that or even division odds or something to where if you're, if you're a team right now and you're scrambling to have to cut players just to get under the cap, just, just to get you know in, 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 to, to get set up to where you've got a week left and, and you've got the ability to make a couple of moves here or there, but clearly you're going to have to walk away from talented players. Well, those players are going to be looking around going, all right, who can offer me the most? Maybe this is the offseason that a player goes – I don't care that I normally wouldn't want to play up in New England. If they're offering me the most money as in comparison to everybody else, and I'm going to take that deal, thus New England's going to be able to get the better players, and I just wonder how that affects them going into next season. Yeah, and, and I would say just knowing what I know about Belichick – is Belichick would never want someone that didn't want to play for New England. But I think there's a I think we got a little bit of a skewed um, perspective from the opt-outs last year. I think across the league, there's a there, there's a certain type of player that would want nothing more than to play for Belichick. I mean, think about it. Uh, I don't know who's your radio. I wouldn't say hero, but who do you look up to the most? In, in and I'm not even talking sports radio. It might be Howard Stern. It might be whomever. Is there someone that you just love? In maybe from your youth in radio. Oh God. Um... That's a good question. Who who would that be? Uh, I was a big I was a big Tony Bruno fan. Mike North, um, Andy okay, Furman. Okay, yeah, Mike guys, North yeah. out of Chicago, huh? Okay. Yeah, yeah, he's a good uh, buddy of mine. Oh, is that right? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, um, yeah I, I actually uh, did a couple years with Bruno in Philly and stuff, and he's always been nice to me. But so imagine, like for me. It's Howard Stern, right? I mean, I just think he's a, a, a genius at radio. So now imagine a situation that I had a job offer and it was for X, but it was maybe 0.7 X, but I'm getting to work with Howard Stern. Like not so much work as in, oh, we're on the same network or no, no I mean like be there in meetings, watching what he does, etc. To me... I would take, you know, at that time in the past where that would have been maybe viable, I would have taken a lot less money. Yeah. Now, again, we everyone's got to eat, right? But, I mean, it's we're talking about NFL players, so it's not about eating. I would have taken a lot less to be to learn, really, from Howard Stern. And I'll give you an example. There's a movie director, Terrence Malick, who did The Tree of Life, which is a pretty famous, like, really well-regarded movie. He did uh, Thin Red Line back uh, around 97, 98. And when he did The Thin Red Line, it was a war movie. Nick Nolte was in it and a lot of big names. 
it was the first movie he had made for like 15 years. And literally there were numerous like famous directors who were younger who went to, I think it was in Australia, they recorded it and went down and were like acting as his uh, director of photography or like they were playing roles that they just wouldn't play. Almost like the dream team, let's say in the Olympics where you've got a great head coach who's the third assistant, right? Because they wanted to see this guy work. So to me, if I'm a great NFL player or if I'm an elite NFL player or even any NFL player, if I get a year or two with Belichick, I think my whole career is going to benefit from that, what I learn. So you're right. There's a lot of players that aren't going to want the scrutiny and the intensity. But I think in general, Belichick's never going to have to overpay. And I think the fact that that, at least with certain players, and I think because I believe that, I think the extra money New England has could really make all the difference because they're going to be able to get, in theory, a lot of mid-level guys, you know, those five, six, seven million dollar guys that maybe would be 10 or 11 million in a different year. And the question with New England is the quarterback, because I don't care how good your team is. Otherwise, if Cam is the quarterback and plays the way he played last year, I don't think that team goes anywhere. Maybe they slip in the playoffs. But what do you think? Do you think that team could go anywhere? And if it really is about the quarterback, who's really viable left for New England? I mean, I, when it comes to – first of all, they won seven games last year, which, which I think is impressive considering you had a quarterback who threw for under 100 yards I think at least two or three times last year. And, and you were winning games. And if a couple of those games go one way or the other, we're talking about a 500 or a 9-7 and seven team and a team that's fighting for the final but playoff to me, To me, Jonas, except for the Seattle game, they pretty much won every game they could have won. It, it, it did feel like the best – you know, Seattle, they could have won that game – but it felt like the best result they could have had. But 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 I hear you. Maybe they do go ten and six, but that team's not going to be no a Buffalo. That yeah. team- well, and and I just and, and to your point, I I think we can look around the NFL. And when when you brought this up, it just I started thinking about this. And this is and you would know this obviously better than anybody. If if you talk about this all the time. Get If there's a line out there, attack it early. Like, don't wait around. Attack it early. If there's something you like or you identify, attack the line early and get on top of it, just like you did with the Brooklyn Nets, and look at what's happened with that line. And it's if you're seeing the NFL, and I, I don't even know if the season win totals have come out yet because I think they're still deciding on a 17th game this season. Yeah, so what you can bet right now is you can bet the Super Bowl odds, which are generally not the best odds to bet, and also, though, where there's real opportunity, division odds. Division odds, I think, is the way you attack it now. So the teams with the most cap space, if you're looking at those teams' odds to win the division, I just wonder how that would impact that moving forward because as of right now it hasn't been touched because we don't know who's going to go where but if you're if you see jacksonville who's got a ton of money to spend and they're going to land a big time quarterback at the top of the draft and you like jacksonville in that division because you think houston's got issues and you're not sure about Wentz in indianapolis and who knows about tennessee and ryan Tannehill after what happened at the end of the season last year Maybe Jacksonville's got some value as well. And it's interesting. So let's take a break. And we've got a guy at pregame.com. 
his name his name is the hitman and he had just literally yesterday on the podcast he had a bet on Jacksonville to win the division so what we'll do is take a break we'll talk about that handicap and also who are the other teams that will benefit from this crunch and see if there's another bet that we might look at he's rj bell i'm jonas knox this is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on fox sports radio be sure to catch live editions of straight out of vegas weekdays at 6 p.m eastern 3 p.m pacific on fox sports radio and the iHeartRadio app i disagree with intervention i disagree with protocol I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will talk about one team that could be a sneaky pick in the AFC. Yeah, you get picks and bets sometimes. You don't even expect it. It's a, it's just a, like a pleasant surprise. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. Thank you so much for the support. And we're going to keep working extra hard to keep growing and keep giving you a good listen every day. You can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search for Straight Out of Vegas right here in Vegas on the Strip. 50 degrees, the neon is flowing. Talked about how the salary cap reduction is going to impact some teams that don't have a lot of room to move around with, but one of those teams that does have some room is the Jacksonville Jaguars picking at the top of the NFL draft. And they are actually the number one team, Jacksonville, in the NFL when it comes to cap space. So they have $73 million. I mean, wowza, $73 million. Now, there's literally only 23 teams with a positive number, and you've got the other teams, so I guess 10 of them, that actually are um, over the cap right now which is uh, in, in, in the most extreme in those cases, the Rams, the Saints, the Bears, the Eagles, the Falcons, and the Packers. So if you think about it, you can kick the can down the road. We, we shouldn't assume that teams that are in a bad cap spot are going to have to be doing a fire sale. Now, some teams will need to. But other teams can kick the can down the road. But once they do, the pain's going to be even greater. And we've talked about that a good bit. Now, why would a team kick the can down the road versus not? To me, it's all about do they have a chance to win this year? So the Saints, they went all in, it felt like, for a couple years trying to win a last one with Drew Brees. It hasn't happened, though he hasn't officially retired Every move the Saints are making seems like they understand, okay, it's time to pay the piper. We're going to have a year or two that we're going to have real limits financially. And then in theory, they can start back towards trying to win again. And they're going to try to win. It's just going to be hard to win at the highest level. And we saw another piece of news today with the Saints where they're st- they have a starting cornerback. They just cut today. And it, it was like, you know, no, they didn't get anything for it. There's no benefit for it. It's literally just, okay, we were able to pay you before. We're not able to pay you now. And we also, you know, obviously we talked earlier about Kansas City and cutting both tackles. 
And if you look at specifically the Saints, that cornerback was uh, Jenkins. Yeah, Janoris last name. Jenkins. And uh, you you want to uh, give the details on that, Jonas? Yeah, so it's a Janoris Jenkins, a veteran uh, cornerback there for New Orleans, and he was set to make $11.2 million this year in salary and bonuses, uh, 1.2 of which was guaranteed. So they're going to be able to save that money off of next year's um, salary cap or off the salary cap currently. So it's going to so save the- them at least $7 million against the salary cap and possibly another $3 million uh, if he's designated as a post June 1 release, that according to ESPN. Okay, so Jenkins gone. Emmanuel Sanders already gone. Their punter gone. Tight end Hill gone. And offensive lineman Easton gone. Already from the Saints. And obviously Sanders was one of the real big things they did last year. And if there's any, again, any, and he played relatively well. And it's just, there's not enough money. And I think if you look at the names on that list, it reinforces a key point. Most likely, the bargains are going to be in the middle class. This is going to be a league where you've got the rich, rich best players, the super high paid, because they're not going to suffer, and the, or mostly they won't. And then you're going to have a lot of rookies or veteran minimums. And the guys who are in between those, you know, seven to 13, you know, $12 million guys, it may be they're getting half as much on average. And again, that's where New England and Belichick love to shop. They love those middle of the road veterans. They got enough tape on them and, you know, they'll pay him 8 million bucks. Man, if he can get Belichick can get those guys for 4 million. I think this, the the Patriots could really surprise, especially if they get lucky at quarterback. So back to Jacksonville. So the hitman, who is an excellent NFL handicapper, the funny thing is his name, he goes as the hitman. He's a school teacher in New Jersey. <laughs> and he's like 5'10", 140 pounds. <laughs> I actually call him the translucent one because you can almost see through his skin, but he calls himself the hitman. So you <laughs> you know the guy wins, right? If, if, if he has the guts to do that, he wins. He liked Jacksonville to win the division at 12 to 1. Now, the thing that causes me pause is if you look at the list of the teams with the most money, number four, the Colts. So, yeah, I think Jacksonville has a real edge because of all the money. Indianapolis does too. So uh, I don't like that as much, though. Obviously, if you're getting 12 to 1, it only takes Wentz, and I'm not real high on Wentz. It only takes him having a disastrous season. And all of a sudden, now you know Houston's out of it pretty much. And, you know, you got Tennessee, you know, give me Tennessee versus Jacksonville, and I'm getting 12 to 1. Yeah, obviously Jacksonville's an underdog, but yeah. boy, you, you think about it. With all the draft choices they've got, cheap talent. they got the number one pick in the draft, supposedly the best quarterback since luck. I'm a skeptic, but okay. I don't think any team in memory will improve as much as Jacksonville has the potential to. If Jacksonville, I'll say it like this, Jonas. If Jacksonville spends the money, if they spend the money, they will improve between last season and this upcoming season more than any team in memory because all the draft choices, the quarterback, and then you know free agents in theory that add up to you know 60, 70 million dollars. 
I think they're worth a flyer. What do you think of the 12 to 1? Yeah, and I also think that there's a little bit of a misnomer. I mean, we've got a couple of examples to where a coach comes from college and it doesn't work. You know, obviously everyone goes straight to Steve Spurrier. That one didn't work. But, you know, Nick Saban's first year as an NFL head coach, I mean, he went 9-7. and seven. I know there's this thought that he was the, you know, it just was a complete failure in Miami. He wasn't. He went 9-7. and seven. Um, Chip Kelly won a division, went 10-6 wow, and six yep. with Philadelphia. You can look at Matt Rule and say, well, they were only five and 11 but there's a lot of people who really like what Carolina did last year so maybe Urban Meyer brings in some of that college blood into the at the NFL level ignites that team they get rolling a little bit and if it comes down to you know that team at 12 to 1 I I agree with you I would take them over Tennessee uh, uh, just based on what I saw in the playoff game I'd take them over Tennessee I think Tennessee's defense at, is at still 12 suspect to 1. yeah right. 100% yeah, yeah. At, at 12 to 1 and then yes Indianapolis I think is the real threat to that pick but you know it's also Carson Wentz I, we may like it in theory based on how he performed when he was with Frank Reich but a lot's changed since then yeah. mentally for him so who knows I, ju- I just think there might be it could be a sneaky pick there out of the AFC South and it's important to realize when you bet something at 12 to 1 if it happens 10% of the time you are ecstatic <laughs> but 10% of the time means loser 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 <laughs> loser 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 winner right so it doesn't have to be in that order but that's one out of ten so make sure if you do play those kind of things it's not all like the phoenix suns jonas that we bet at 12 to 1 and like 10 days later it's like three to one <laughs> that that thing's down to three mckenzie what's that thing down to now phoenix to win the pacific plus 320 consensus think about that we were plus 1200 like two weeks ago now we're plus 320 do you think that's because there's just more eyeballs on the NFL that that people pay closer attention all the way around in the NFL, so you're less likely to to catch someone or, or get someone in a bad spot? Well, some of it is it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy because when we release it, especially something that I'm that excited about, I mean, think about it. How many people are betting it? Is it you know we got six figures of listeners, so is it going to be a uh, thousand, two thousand? So to you know, Warren Buffett when he used to buy or when he buys stock is it automatically will go up because he buys so much stock, it goes up because he bought it. And then the reputation of, oh, Warren Buffett bought it, it causes it to go up. Now, the catch-22 with stock is you have the same problem selling it that you benefit from by buying it. Where you're selling so much, it's a problem for Warren Buffett. We don't really have to worry about that. So, you know, it's kind of nice. But I, I do think it's because... And one thing I've noticed, and I'm R.J. Bell straight out of Vegas, is as the narratives start to affect the odds more, because there's there's such an echo chamber with talk radio, and it could be radio, it could be TV, it can be FS1, it can be ESPN, it can be Sirius, it's all this you know jibber and jabber. But everyone's listening to everybody else, and eventually... One person says it initially, then a couple people say it, then all of a sudden you feel like you're making a mistake if you don't say it, and it becomes consensus. And I think the time from the smart people saying it to it becomes consensus is a big betting opportunity. I'll give you an example, and then we'll take our, you know, see what's trending, is in the MVP last season in the NFL – there was a time that Mahomes and 
Aaron Rodgers were right about even, right? So initially it was Russell Wilson, then he fell off a little bit, and those two were even Mahomes and Rodgers. Yeah. And then there was about a two-week period that all the smart people were pretty much saying, man, Mahomes is really falling behind, and Rodgers is really almost locking this thing up. But the odds were still pretty much even. It might have moved to like 140 Aaron Rodgers, you know, in, in plus 160 Mahomes or something like that. But then like 10 days later, Rodgers was like minus 1,000. You had to bet $10 to win a dollar. And it was the same thing with that Phoenix. That Phoenix was out there at 16 and 18 to 1 to win the Pacific. I heard it from a couple people I like and trust. I thought it through. I said, I like this too. It took me a couple days to do that, but then I gave it a 12 to 1. Now, obviously, it's moved to almost 3 to 1. I'm actually a big fan. If you can originate and you are the first person, all the better. But if you listen closely and know who to listen to, and hopefully this show is part of that calculation for the listeners, you can get ahead of the moves. I mean, think about it. We had, like we said, Brooklyn at four to one, right? And we were about a week early on that. We had Phoenix at 12 to one. Now they're, you know, to win the Pacific. Right? That's all they got to do. And then we also had Embiid, remember, at plus 550. And now Embiid's down to two to one. So we've been really on, we haven't been the first, but we've been on the early part of the wave. And, and I think you're right. If it's not the main sport, you're going to have a little bit of lag time. But in general, I think because the narrative is becoming consensus so often that if you can beat that, you're going to get a really good price. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, no, 100%. And, and the Brooklyn, we were also talking about it last Friday. To win the Eastern Conference, they were still at plus money. I think they were one plus 125 or plus 130 and come back on Monday and they're down to even money. And so, I, I mean, it's just that's in the matter of a couple of days over the weekend. It's not like there were games being played. It was an all-star game, if anything, but just some somehow people started figuring it out and started jumping on it. And, and they were at even money by the time the weekend was over with. So, so here's what we'll do. When we come, or after we see what's trending, we're going to look at, because remember, we gave James Harden the MVP uh, bet last week. We're going to take a look at what those odds are. And I'm going to give you, in the final segment, I'm going to tease ahead here, I have another best bet for the NBA title. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. Okay, so we it's time for the break. So we'll take our break. When we come back, we'll get an update on Harden. Number two, I got a best bet, another one to win the NBA title, another team. I think we got a juicy number on it. And I've got a tip on how to find a Cinderella for the NCAA tournament. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. All 
I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. And, R.J., we've been talking a lot about the NFL, the cap casualties, and what it means to the league moving forward. And also how if you were listening to this show, you would have known that there was one team and one player to watch for during the NBA season and its final stretch. <laughs> well, we've had – we've got a portfolio, really, in a way. We've got – uh, on the show, officially, we've got Embiid at five and a half to one. And then last week, I just had a, I just had an epiphany. I said, as much as Harden is going to suffer for what he did in Houston, I think it's possible he's able to overcome it. At the time, the odds were 33 to one to win the MVP. So we put a bet on it. And Mackenzie, you've got the updated odds. It's been less than a, about a week, I guess. What's the updated odds? Currently sixteen to one. Ooh, Jonas. I mean, this is getting <laughs> ridiculous. All right, so that thirty-three to one looks good in my pocket. Now, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give an NF or a NBA title pick. I don't know. Have you looked at the title odds recently? No, I, I only... Good, I've because only... I, I want to ask you... I'm sorry to okay. interrupt, but I want to ask you a specific question. Sure. Is what do you... What would you think the odds should be on the Philadelphia 76ers? <sighs> as far as where they rank in team most likely? No, I'm saying, it? like, what, what what should the odds be of them winning the title? I would put them at, at about four... I would put them at about 25 to one. Holy cow, you want to book some action? No, I don't. Okay. Now... <laughs> I thought the odds were shockingly big still, as I thought this through yesterday. Right now, you can get 13 to 1 oh, okay. on the 76ers. And I would make the following case. Embiid is the small favorite right now to be MVP. He's right there with LeBron, about 2 to 1. So, and I think it's fair to say there's no doubt Embiid's playing the best basketball. Yeah. You know, Le- So, if you got the best player in the league... You've got the number two favorite for all defensive team with Simmons. You've got potential buyouts or who knows what, you know, like, like all the good teams. It strikes me that the idea that right now that Brooklyn is like two and a half to one, and I think they should be favored over Philly. But should the odds be like, like five times? Do you think that, that, that Brooklyn wins the title five times for every no. one time Philly does? Uh, no. I, I think the pushback that some people have on Philadelphia, and for as good as Embiid is playing, is just the matchup is not a good one for Philadelphia. See, to where... I, I disagree. Because what is, we, what is the weakness of the Nets? Is defensive defense, de- yeah. defense inside, right? Yeah. And who's the best post? Who's the best inside player in the game right now? Score Embiid. Yeah, him and, and Jokic. So, I, I mean, to me, I think that you're right is that the Nets score, but the Nets are going to score regardless, it seems. But I think Philly scores too. And, hey, listen, this is part, to me, of putting a portfolio together, which is if you can get a number of teams at juicy prices, 
you're going to be, you know, my thoughts going to be, okay, Phoenix wins the Pacific. I'm happy. And I'm going to want Philadelphia to win, but I'd love to see the conference finals between Philly and the Nets because now it's like I got, I got someone in the finals anyway. I'm looking to bet against the Lakers, so I like that. So let's make it official, 13-1. to 1, We're going to take the Philadelphia 76ers to win the NBA title. And if history is any indication, it'll be down to about seven to one by next week. <laughs> but you don't like Probably. that one. You don't like that one. Uh, no, I, I, I just I, Brooklyn's too tough in the East. I, I don't know. I Which just, makes it, our four to one even better, right? Yeah, no, it makes it uh, makes that even better. And so thirteen the one, thirteen to one is the best you can get at any at any place. Yeah, or? what we do is we shop at three different books. So gotcha. hey, real quick, I want to pose a question on college basketball. We got about forty five seconds. I think one thing we're seeing with Duke and Kentucky not making the tournament is if you don't have a chance to have experience and you don't have a chance to have a team come together and gel, the, the one-and-done type teams aren't going to succeed. But let me pose the following. I think a lot of the elite teams this year have had a lot of experience. But what about the teams that had some experience but not a ton that gained experience throughout the year and have been playing better later in the year? I think there's a Cinderella or two that meet that criteria. We'll start breaking down the teams tomorrow. If you missed any of today's show, including what the NFL salary cap is really going to affect when it comes to this upcoming season and a dark horse in the AFC, a shocker, check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. We are straight out of Vegas. We are back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. And as always, you can check out the show every single day on the iHeartRadio app. Straight out of Vegas! 